game begin. Hey, Dagger Nerds fans, welcome to episode 80. Tonight, you've got myself, Zach. And Andrew, back from retirement yet again. Again. Spencer, ready to rock and rumble. And Daniel, the only one here who's actually played the game for any decent amount of time. <laughs> hey, 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 no shade. And hey, the game he was referencing is we're finally doing it like we said we would. We are talking arcane tonight. We have got so many thoughts. Some of us are fresh off of watching it, actually. So we are so excited to dive into this. Just so you know, there are spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen the show, what are you doing listening to this? Go watch it. Do yourself the favor right now and watch please, it. Please. It's worth it. It is so worth it. So worth it. So we are going to just dive right in, full of spoilers. You've been warned. Let's go. All right, guys, so we're doing it. We're talking Arcane. It's been a long time coming, and we even brought Andrew back for this. Gosh, this show got me out of retirement a second time for crying out loud. You guys got to stop doing this to me. No. Andrew, just like just like too many characters in Star Wars, you just won't stay dead. Mm. <laughs> well, we never saw him die. He's more like podcaster emeritus. If you, if you he's don't not really body. retired. No body, he's not dead. Uh-huh. Well, Andrew, you'll always be a somebody to us. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, would you believe that if someone told you, not even, what, two months ago, that you would be talking a podcast about something League of Legends related, would you have believed them? I would have thought you were absolutely <laughs> insane. Now, I was I mean, like, League of Legends? What? And I've heard of that name. Yeah, uh, I, for me, I literally would have lulled out loud if they told me <laughs> I was talking about League of Legends. Well, uh, the thing is, like, I have, I have seen about five seconds of League of Legends, and that is all the amount of time that I knew it that it took for me to know that that game was not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, Daniel, you've played mm-hmm. uh, League of Legends a little bit more extensively than Andrew. Yes, I dabble, but I'm I don't play it severely or significantly. Um, or seriously, um, I'm much a bigger fan of their ARAM modes. Okay. Um, all random, all middle. It's something that grew out of the game. Okay. Um, but I could even say that I played it back in the original Warcraft 3 days when it was Dota. And right. kind of like some of my stuff leans back to that and really wanting to talk about Riot and what they're doing right. And I've like the only th- I have not played League at all, but I played a significant amount of Dota 2. Okay. And it's like, so I'm like, oh, League, it's like, I kind of looked into it. It's basically the same thing as Dota. And I'm, my friends play Dota too. So I'll play that. And that's well, really the only th- the reason why I didn't get into League. But I didn't, until this series, I didn't really know anything of the lore. Well, for me, I actually did play League of Legends for a very brief time, actually post-college, oh. post-college. Okay. I, had, I had a really good friend who actually listens to the show, Steely Buns. Uh, old old Jim, uh, he and his brother were really into it, and they tried to coax me into playing with them. And they were something like silver level, and they're like, "Oh, all you gotta do is play six hundred hours, and then you'll be on the same level as us." <laughs> oh, is that it? And okay. I was like, "Oh, really?" And so I started at the absolute bottom, and they started new accounts to play with me. So they were absolutely oh. good friends. Oh, they, so they, they were they were, they were carrying you. Oh, they were seal clubbing because I mean, they, like. <laughs> They know all these advanced maneuvers, and I'm there like, go to the middle, I think. And, uh, and, I and this, ladies and gentlemen, one, is Smurfs. Two. 
And see, I, I grew up a Mac guy, so I have no experience with MMOs. So this well, was kind of my first. Get, get it right. It's a MOBA. Mm-hmm. A multiplayer online battle arena. Okay. I don't even get my yes. acronyms right. Okay. Get yeah, it see, right. The most so I'd ever League, gotten. League of Legends fans are the people that you do not want to take off and nerd them. Just no, heads up. You don't. Unless you, you really just want don't. to get toxic. Yeah. Then they're well, already toxic. I mean, all I know is that at the end of the day, I was convinced to be the healer support character. And now I realize, like, oh, they were just trying to recruit a healer because no one wants to be a healer. (laughs) Yeah. It's the quickest cue. It it really is, honestly. In any game, healer's the quickest cue. But I realized very quickly that it was not for me. And so when my brother, Nick, you know, almost 10 years later, approaches me and says, bro. You have got to watch this show that's on Netflix about League of Legends. And first, I was like, I'm gonna stop you right there. I I don't. Believe <laughs> it was like, no, you don't understand. You've got to watch this show. Right. And my brother does not make show recommendations lightly. Like he's not the guy who you know had fun for five minutes and was like, oh, you should watch. It's a good show. Like he will only put his stamp of approval if it's exemplary. And I am so glad I took his advice. And uh, I did the same thing with Andrew. I was like, Andrew, hear me out. Just look past the League of Legends stamp and well, give the show a chance. Well, I heard that they were doing a League of Legends show, and I'm like, okay, it's a video game adaptation. How it's good like, could it be? Why should I care? Right. Yeah, why should I care? It's League of Legends. It's a video game. Hard pass. Thank you very much. And then the reviews came out. And they kept and getting I started better. seeing tens across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, five stars, tens. And I'm like, okay. And so I, it was a, I think Zach, it was actually your recommendation mm-hmm. that was the nail in the coffin that said, there's something special about this show. And so I went into this show one with not a lot of time because dadhood struck hard these last couple months. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But two, I went in blind. I never watched a trailer. Oh really? You didn't even I, watch the little same. synopsis thing on Netflix? No, didn't watch wow. a single thing. And so I, I'd seen I like the same thing for you. I had seen Andrew. like minor clips, like a second or two. So I knew roughly what it was going to look like, but I went, I flew blind going into it and my gosh, I have so much to say. Well, before we just open up the shimmer floodgates, uh, <laughs> Daniel, you were, you were kind of the, the OG one. Cause when we were all freaking out, like, Oh, arcane's the greatest. You're like, yeah. I knew that. I watched it first. So what? What was? I mean, was it from your playing league that you knew about the show and watched it when it first released? I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. I mean, I was involved with it. I mean, I play. It's kind of like in between. It's like okay, I got 15, 20 minutes. I can jump in, do an ARAM. Um, but yeah, it was through league, through playing league and hearing about that, and it's like, oh hey, Arcane, like the launcher for for the game. Mm-hmm. that's where i saw it so i was like okay i'll go check it out and i was like well we got netflix so i got nothing better to do i can watch it you know um you know it's like evelyn's asleep and i could sit here or it's like i'm at work and it's just mm-hmm. like okay i can watch it off the side of my desk kind of thing and and i was my, my biggest thing like i don't know where we're at in the conversation so just tell me to shut up if i need to but it is the respect of the source material that i think really drives this this one like if you were to compare and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go old school the mario brothers movie from like the 90s oh you had to bring that up 
Uh, I, I'm just saying it because it's like there's no respect to the source oh, material there. Zero. No oh, respect. Commercialism at its worst. Like it's, we bought the and, rights and we'll do what we want. <laughs> and but it's like if we progress, right? There, there's. Um, I think it was the Halo movie or short. Um, Forward unto dawn. Forward unto dawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was pretty good. Like, you know, and it was it, it was respectful to the source material, a lot of that that I can kind of remember to. And then we get here to to Arcane with League of Legends, and I mean you've got this this world that Riot is building, and I mean you get the art style, you've got the story, just for like things that come from the game you can pick out and say, This is in the show. So it's the the just everything that kind of like from the Easter eggs to the storylines to the characters they use, um, they didn't transform anything significantly from the characters that are in the show from the way they're in the game. That's and remarkable. I think that, and wow. that is something that I would say. I mean, there's some stuff that's open going into season two mm-hmm. that can happen that'll get characters. Like I loved Victor. But yeah. Victor, yeah. Hasn't, Victor hasn't no, Victor hasn't reached his he hasn't he reached hasn't. his final form. <laughs> so yeah. I mean that's the quote to quote Viger, and I'd love to see Viger show up. But um, that that's really kind of where I sit is how much respect they did to the the source material. Well, and you know they they treated this like their baby because as I was looking into the behind the scenes, this was six years yep. in production. And I oh, sure hope that wow. season two does not take that long because I cannot no, wait. Please uh, take take as much time as you need. Please. If you can repeat season two, what you did in season one, I, I can wait. Well, it took six years to come out with, and I do not say this lightly, masterpiece. And it and I, I mean every second that they spent on it shows yeah. because I I will say there were few things I've seen come out of Netflix of all places really that have left me going. That was brilliant. Almost every single episode, like every single ending of an episode had me dying to see the next one. And it, I didn't feel like it was just clickbait either. Like I felt that invested in the story and I, or I was just blown away with how they ended it. So we've danced around it enough. Let's just dive right in. So First Spo- question. Spoilers ahead. Oh, absolutely. Full spoilers. We're not Full holding spoilers. anything back. No, no, but at the same time, this has been out for a while. Like, we're, uh, yeah. we're definitely coming at this at the dad timeline. Like, we're if, like, have you heard of the show? And it's been out a year and a half. But if you're like me and you, this really wasn't on your radar or you're looking at it and thinking about jumping in and you just haven't seen it yet. Full spoilers. Like, just wait. Just watch the show, please. But it's we well just worth have your time. To, we have to talk about it. I'm sorry. And so what about this did you love as you were sitting there watching it? What blew you away? How much time do we have (laughs) all night? Yes. I mean, for one thing, the transitions, something that has always impressed me is a good transition because it shows forethought. Yes. And there was time after time after time. If not only the way they would frame something that would then seamlessly blend to the next scene or, Something that really impressed me was their restraint in having to get to the next scene. There were several mm-hmm. times where they just stuck on black for like ten seconds. That the ending of the, the third episode, when you just see that oh, that uh, like slowly rotating, 
like Dutch tilt yep. going into a yep. tiny dot in the screen. I was just staring at it. And it just, just bokas like, like, into bokas into bokas into bokas like oh. as as your mind is just racing through like where the universe is now, where mm-hmm. their universe is now. It's it was incredible. Mm-hmm. The ending of that third episode just uh, it was such a spark that lit the rest of the show. Zach, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying about the transitions, the one of the things that I do is I, you know, I ballroom dance and I do a lot of choreography and try to put moves to music. Hmm. What they did and succeeded at in this show was they put the visuals, they put the action in the mo- the scene and the music all blended together to make not only just the just the scenes themselves but the transitions into the other scenes flow like I have not seen in a long long time but incredibly it wasn't all one style genre of music mm. either because i absolutely no. agree with you that the master class in how you marry all of the different art forms together which is why i'm a, I, i'm a lifelong film aficionado is that i really do think it is the the apex art because you combine the visuals with the music with the storytelling like it, it has it all mm-hmm. but i I, I binge watched it again this week in preparation for this episode, and it struck me that not only do you have these rock ballads, but then you'll have like a 1960s song like, you know, there's a girl in town. I'm like, that's juxtaposed with like a punk rock thing the next the next mm-hmm. episode. And yet Hip-hop it all feels... and then Sting. And then Sting! Sting makes a brilliant song that left me in chills in the final episode. Not only that, but then accompanied by Ray Chen, yeah. who, if y'all have not listened to any of his violin music, it it just what a uh, that was Ray Chen that was doing all that Ray violin Chen. music. Yes, he does it oh. for, for the what could have been. He also makes a cameo as a character in the yeah. show when mm-hmm. Jace is, you know, taking that master class of how to do politicking in that like opera setting. Oh. How not to die in politics one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, I thought that yeah. was going to be Jin. I thought that was going to be Jin. Well, who knows? Coming from the game. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Ray Chen. Uh, I mean, if you've not seen his stuff on YouTube, check him out. Like, there's one clip that really just shows you how much of a just uh, archuoso he is with a violin. Virtuoso. Vir- virtuoso. No, he's an archuverso. Oh. <laughs> so much a virtuoso that he's defined the art. Um, Artur. I was. I was. Combining the word Artur okay. with Virtuoso. It works. Uh, new word on DGN. You heard it here first. Sweet. But I'll write it down. He is mid-concert, and his violin string snaps, and he just picks up the violin from the first violin person who was sitting there and just volunteered, and then keeps going like nothing happened. Wow. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you've ever played an instrument, it really is an extension of your body. So to just be able to pick up a completely new instrument and just go right back to the pieces is a big yeah. deal. So uh, yeah, the yeah. the soundtrack, I it, go on YouTube and just listen to the the Arcane OSD. Like it is fun to just and, listen to by itself. And I'm not usually a big fan of like lyrical soundtracks and stuff cuz it's hit or miss, especially mm. with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it that worked in Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> but then everybody after that tried to do the Guardians thing and then, you know, put um you know music, or, you know, that from 80s or 70s or whatever into stuff. And it, it works to varying degrees, but holy heck, this soundtrack is incredible. Each one of these songs are just killer. Mm-hmm. 
and but, and usually just leaves you with the feels, whether it's like the mid episode climax yeah. or at the end. Like th- this is one of the few shows where I would sit through the credits just to listen to the music. Now, yeah. what now one scene that I really liked that the music was playing in was Echo versus Jinx. Yes, that, that, that you just start off with that ticking. Yep, and then it just oh just like oh oh something. This is good. It goes down that is actually my favorite sequence in the entire show. Really? I don't think I have seen an action scene that hit me on so many levels. Not only the emotional storytelling of, all right, there's these flashbacks of them as children. And in this moment of, like, they are out to kill each other, but yet there's almost this, it's flipped on its head as like a children's game with like a paintball and he's he's playing with his, right. his wooden sword. Right. But then if you know anything about Echo as a character, it's kind of like a special ability to be able to like reverse time a little bit. So for him to basically in his mind in that very artistic way, almost like spray paint graffiti style right. stop motion see like, ooh, this will end in failure, and then to actually go through it live action and dodge the bullets like he needs to, oh, I I was not expecting to have that in that moment, which is why I think it's my favorite moment of the entire series, just because it's all these different art forms. It's these intersections yeah. of different stories coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the, everything from the music to what it meant for both of those characters, I think is just... It was my favorite moment. One thing that that kind of uh, makes me think about is I appreciate that they uh, assumed a smart audience when they made this show. They did not uh, baby us by saying, oh, this is my power. I punch things. I have a giant hammer. I shoot. No, 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 no. (laughs) You grew along with the characters. It's like, what can they do? This character, this you know, when he get introduced with by Echo later on, it's like, okay, we've seen him before, and he's had a stopwatch. What can he do? He, it was not really explained, mm-hmm. but they don't need to. It is explained as it plays out, and you know, if you're paying attention, you'll be, can figure it out by what they do. Well, you, you'll see this in a lot of video game adaptations. It's just a a sprint. To how quickly can they do the thing? And then you know right. all the people who, who played the game go, oh look, they just did the thing. And and but then if you if you haven't played the game, you're like, wait, so why was that a big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, when I watched the live action Mortal Kombat, it really was just so how quickly can we get to Sub Zero going, get over here, Scorpion, you know? yeah. Scorpion, Scorpion yeah. say that, <laughs> and, like, like, I mean, we know he's a color palette swap character. Yeah, he but... really is. But uh, I mean, it just this this show. I realized it really wasn't until episode eight that anyone started to use their what's it called their ultimates, the alts, mm-hmm. yeah. like episode eight. And in some characters, we still haven't even seen their alts. And so, to me, the restraint that they showed and like, no, we want you to care about this character as a person, right? Long before you care about their powers, mm-hmm. right? But and at the same time, but they, but they're also respectful because even like Jinx is a little girl making the bombs, oh, yeah. pulling, as pulling, powder. pulling, well, as powder, yes, P- 
pulling pulling the abilities from the game because the little bombs are like her little trap ability okay. out of the game, right? So there's these small nods that if you're if you play the game and you know the game, you're getting these little Easter eggs. So the the fans are getting their fan service, right? But but they're not doing it in a way that's detracting. And that was really yes. interesting as somebody who hasn't seen the show because I saw her make the grenades, and it didn't take very long for me to realize that's probably something that mm. that character does mm-hmm. in the show. But it works here, and it yeah. doesn't detract from what this is. Well, they right. they and, figured they they gave it a story and a yes. character level reason for existing, not just hey, we, everyone knows she does this, so we're just gonna shoehorn it in. Yep. Like, and even to talk more, and I'm gonna I'm probably gonna lean on the game a lot more. But as you play no, the I game, appreciate that. but as you play the game, like everybody starts off at level one and go one to 18. And as you gain levels, you unlock new abilities. So you don't have all your abilities in the game to start with. You have to, you pick one and you kind of, there's different plans and metas and all that other good fun stuff, but you evolve through the game. And that's kind of what they did with the characters is the characters evolved through the show, getting more and more of their power. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. And that was in line with her increasing her her uh, bomb making ability. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, can can I just say my favorite part of this? I mean, there's there's probably yeah. two favorite parts, but my first, the one that really stuck out to me the most was episode three, the monkey bomb sequence, where you just see the oh. different things, with you the the, t- the Every... last tick of the key, yeah. and then you see all the different characters, what happened when that key ticked for them. When and the, you see he smacked the the, yeah, the rock yep yeah. uh, and just all of a sudden you see what happens to vi you see what ha- happens to her friends you see what happens to uh it's like uh, to all these different to uh the characters oh, oh what's his what's his inus i'm blanking on his name silco uh, silco thank you his his inus his royal inus <laughs> I'm going to stand by that trademark. <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. I love that even more. Which no, we'll like, be coming back to Silco eventually. Yes. Discussion. Silco and Jinx and Vice. to be yeah. talked about. But that scene, just the tragedy of like they were there. They were yeah. going to escape. He had yes. broken through the brick wall. Vander was out of his restraints like they had done it. Mm-hmm. And then in an attempt to help, Powder just blows Jinx up. Not yes. not just that situation, but the entire world. Because when you think of the implications of what it meant for Vander to be removed as a stabilizing force, right. mm-hmm. like that monkey bomb destroyed any chance of civility and hope for the Undercity mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's so that's what I loved about this is that not only is this just a story that is worth watching period like regardless of whether this is a video game story or not if you had taken the league of legends side out of this like the story stands on its own yes but these characters are all standouts man i mean each of the ones that are like the main ones i can name them all off the top of my head um they all had just have like unbelievably rich backstories and motivations and every action that everybody takes in there is believable yeah, yes. everyone's motivations make sense. Even it's... if they just have like a couple of lines of backstory, like Victor doesn't have a whole lot of backstory time to get you to feel about him, but it's like, hey, from the Undercity, he's a cripple. Like, it's almost like that's all you need to know. And then you care, like, okay, I want to see him overcome the odds to succeed. Yeah. And so, 
yeah, so many other shows have a problem of they uh, they try to do too much with you know uh, with a character or like or not enough with other others. Like you, they're usually front loading the two characters that you see a lot, and yeah. then everybody else is just kind of maybe except for the villain. The villain sometimes has some depth, but everybody else just kind of is just touch and go. Whereas this, because it's from a game where people care about so much of these characters and they're already fleshed out already they build up their stories you know just from the ground up like you said it doesn't even take long it just takes a couple of scenes of them introducing them and figuring out like okay what are they it's like what are they like what do they stand for what do they want to protect what do they want to destroy what do they want to really and all of these aspects you find out organically and that does they don't have to just spell it out for you to get in, so you understand and care about these characters. Well, a something that is very important and can differentiate great storytelling from just good storytelling is show don't tell. Yes. Yes, oh, yes. This is a masterclass in it. What they did for most characters is they would have one scene that would show a bit of their backstory. Mm-hmm. Like something that annoys the snot out of me and anime is the worst at doing this is they'll they'll dedicate entire episodes to flashbacks and yeah. you're just like <laughs> book of get on with the story. Yeah, or Book of Back the Tank, <laughs> as was the first four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. But what they did in this is they were very strategic in the amount of flashbacks that they did, and it was usually a show opener and it was just a yes. couple of minutes, mm-hmm. but it added so much more depth to a particular character. Yep. Yes, I noticed that to where like every sh- single one had like the backstory of somebody within those first two minutes, two three minutes. Actually, as I think there was one that was like extra extra long, like seven or eight, I believe, had a extremely long intro. I can't remember which one it was, but that they just gave a little bit more depth to it. But yes, that um, that was amazing. Well, if you think of how the show even opens. It's an almost oh, yeah. three-minute sequence without a single word spoken, with the exception oh, yeah. of the little song that Powder is singing to herself right. to, to console her. But, like, you understand what is happening mm-hmm. with only visuals. Because right. you understand there's some sort of conflict. Here's these kids thrust in the middle of it. Their parents are dead. Here's this beast of a man who's going to take them under his wing. Mm-hmm. And then in the smoldering bridge as he walks away, it pans up. And then you see the perfect blue sky of Pintover. And Piltover. So, Piltover. Y'all can just correct me this entire episode. <laughs> okay, cool. This is now the episode of, of correcting Zach. Um, Don't worry. They'll correct me too. I, I'm bad But, with but I, like just with that visual, I realized that I could just pause that and understand that all right, there's turmoil happening from the lower class, but the upper class is like an ivory tower, like untouchable, like mm-hmm. just from that still frame, which with, on that, on that thought oh, right yeah. there, See, there was multiple and, times where you could pause and I would be proud to have that as a screenshot or a desktop. <laughs> frame in this movie is a work of art. Mm-hmm. I've not seen cinematography and art direction, composition, layout, just so masterfully on display as it is in this show. There are multiple times that, yeah, you could press pause. And if you'd press print and stuck that up on my wall, I'd be an, it'd be an honor to own that. Yeah. You're like, I would pay for that print. 
Yeah, I absolutely would. I mean, and, but the color, the the richness, the detail that's in it, and not giving enough detail though to where your mind is is, is filling in some of the gap. It's just gorgeous. And and so often with a video game that's been translated, there's almost a laziness with the art direction because you're like, no. oh well, the character design's already been done for me. The color palette's already been decided. Like, what else do I need to do? But while there were those like neon elements like okay the blue light that's shining out of jason's hammer or Mm -hmm. you know shimmer is this really in your face purple Mm -hmm. the rest of their colors they purposely kept muted so that those couple of things that were highlighted would really stand out blue hair blue hair pink hair just and jinx as a character okay just and like the the detail that they put into the color palette of her and to her madness, I've never seen a better yes. visual description or visual representation of someone who is off their rocker. Unhinged. And unhinged, but very it's like like she is such a both, you know, a tragic, relatable character, but also someone that you just you do not like because what she's doing, but you feel so much for her because you know where she came from. Well, unlike someone like the Joker to where like they're so fun to watch because they're unpredictable mm-hmm. and, and they, they attempted to do this in the live action of like making it a tragic backstory. But for her, it, you can see that her unhingedness comes from that trauma. Yeah. And what I respect is they kept their characters dead. Like Vander does yes. not come back. Her two friends do not come back. Milo but what... and Cra- Kragen. Yeah. Yeah. My... yeah. Milo Vander might Kragen. be back. Well, oh, uh, well, well, in, okay. in, in a certain form. Um, but what I respected was how they still brought air quotes, those characters back through mm-hmm. her trauma and having those like, Puppet the two D animation puppet flashes that are just like rapidly moving, it brilliant mm-hmm. art direction. I you know usually you would see like you know the character just like hanging off in the background and they're all just like pale and white and stuff. That's what you'd expect, but somebody somewhere had the idea of no, if you made this like a hand drawn child's toy that looks like it's just gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh my word! It just works so well for this. But but the the fact that Milo, who had always been the antagonist for her, yeah. is the one that she's always been like shut up or like mm-hmm. the, it's it's that that almost uh, like devil on her shoulder yep. bit of her conscience. But then what I thought was neat was what was it? Clagger, Cla- Clogger, Clogger. No, what I thought. What I, Clag Clagan, I think, yeah, big boy. I'm a, what what yeah, I thought, head. what I thought was interesting about him though is his representation as a puppet is like a really big head but a really small body. Which what I thought was interesting is like that was kind of his personality is that mm-hmm. he has this huge body but he's kind of just this little teddy bear and that was what she chose to represent him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, everything like it seems like every detail was thought about even to so how do we show this almost schizophrenic thing that's been brought on by her trauma. And and then even down to the like hastily drawn uh, things in her flashbacks. Cause I was even thinking like when you remember something, you don't remember it in vivid detail. You have impressions. So for her, like she's recalling these memories and it's really just the emotion that's been, you know, scrabbled, scribbled Mm. onto their face. That's what she remembers from that moment. Mm. Oh, so good. Mixed with, 
I, I mean, I, I could go on and on and on about Jinx, which is fantastic. I also want to call out the voice actors for all of these characters as Every well. Every single one. Every single one. I, there's not a bad one in this bunch. No, and and I what, mean, like, all of them are great. All of them. There are about three in particular, though, that are standouts. Well, what I didn't realize, and uh, I found this out after the fact, was that Haley Steinfeld is Vi. She was phenomenal in and, this. and she was picked for this before she got big, which is really cool to me. Is like, you know, uh, Fortiche, the studio behind this, I mean, they started working with her six years ago. And now look wow. at her rise to stardom and man, did they bet on aces on that because mm -hmm. she did fan freaking tastic. But the, the other voice actor, and I'm sure this will probably be on your short list there. Andrew is Silco. Jason Spizak is his name. I haven't seen voice acting like that in a long time. I haven't seen a more compelling villain in a I, long time. He was so good. Because when I, I first saw him and, and he was, you know, his royal highness, as, <laughs> as Spencer called out. Which is, that's so good. That, that has to stick around. Uh, I I thought it was just going to be like this corny, like, oh, in my lab, my secret lab. They even got a cat. And, that's and you know, I was 100% thinking the same thing. that Oh, okay, this is going to be just the evil guy. Boy, was I wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything from the menace, like the scene where he shows up in Marcus's daughter's bedroom <sighs> and that entire dialogue scene of like, daddy went on a long trip and never came back and his daughter never arrived. Isn't that sad? Like just the double meaning in mm. that entire scene and just like you felt filthy just watching. You're like, oh, no. Oh, but but then the complexity that they added to him of like, um, oh, my word. He actually does care about Jinx mm -hmm. in a twisted, manipulative way, but he does. Mm -hmm. Like that scene where he has literally gotten everything he ever wanted, and he's talking to Vander's statue like he didn't even negotiate. Like, I, I, we got everything we wanted, but yet I can't get it. Nothing is so undoing as a daughter. Like, yep. oh my word. I wasn't expecting that from him, but yet it, the motivation made sense. Well, it, it starts off with the motivation. I'm like, I, I, how I interpreted it was I am going to totally screw over Vander's legacy and adopt his kid and totally twist everything about this. I've got an opportunity here, which morphs into genuine love father daughter to this person. I was not expecting that. I wasn't either. And I, I was just thoroughly anticipating like, okay, exactly what you said. It's a manipulative situation and like, but it's like, no, he, he I, almost against his better judgment, he cares about her mm -hmm. just incredibly. Well, even down to the last scene that he's in around the table, mm -hmm. which is, you know, like, it, it's not a choice. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to make the nation of Zon if it means I have to give you up. And then his final line of, I can't remember, forgive me, I, the last line, but basically like, you're perfect. Mm -hmm. It was just—it right. was so fitting for his character. Well, and, and but but it's not completely altruistic because you have to remember that you know he says Jinx, you are yeah. perfect. Mm -hmm. So like what I have twisted you to become, this version of you is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like because you have to remember the very thing that would be good for her, which is going back to family, reassuming the mantle of powder, and not continuing as Jinx would have been what's best for her, but yet 
he was, even though I like for him it was love, it still is tainted with that manipulation. manipulation. Of, he he was loving the version of her that he had created. Can we also just say that Jinx lost four parental figures in her life? Yeah, I mean, you can 100% see why this person would go insane. <laughs> and then you add Shimmer on top of that, and she is going to be a force to be reckoned with from now on. 100%. I was actually talking I to my— lost, I think we lost Zach. Uh, we think we did, too. Yep. Just stay in, everyone. Hold. Hold, Hold brothers. Position. Old. Stay on target. It's too close. <laughs> They're too late. I really need to have a refresher with with uh, with the show. I was watching the first episode today, mm. and was it, it for me a lot of it. And I, I don't know if I'll I'll get a chance to get back to it. But I love how they respect the like the red versus blue. Mm. Like you like the teams you could. De- from that bridge, that center bridge, like this is yeah. me going back to the game. That bridge is that center lane. He's gone. He's gone. Andrew's the host now. Oh, but... I am. Holy crap. <laughs> Andrew's got all the power. He has returned to claim his crown. I may have to exit, or can I hand the hostum over to someone? I would think that there's got to be a way to be able to promote. Yeah, I can make I can make someone a host from yeah. here. Yeah. And that, that's, I, I'm fascinated to hear about that because you could tell, like, you could see the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah one one thing, yeah, go ahead. Go one, ahead one uh, of my, Daniel. Another one of my favorite, like, little nods to the game is the enforcers look like the minions. Like, the little minions that? that go in the game. Okay. Now, now oh. obviously, they're they're taller, but their helmets look a lot like the minions that, that are going back and forth as part of the game flow. Oh, and I'm I assuming, didn't catch that. And I'm assuming on the Zon side of things that it looks like the um, the super soldiers that they have. Um, no, not yet. I don't know if they've done that. But all the okay. minions, all the minions look like the enforcers. Okay. To to an extent. Okay. So so they're that just being for me was a little nod. Well, I I looked up you know after the fact on okay so I know nothing about League of Legends and so right. Was like okay, just let me look at the characters, and it's like 144 characters on the roster <laughs> oh, or something, something to that effect. It's yeah. something stupid, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, they really only touched a tenth a dozen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, about. And I don't even I, know and, who. And some of them not directly. Yeah, because I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out who um who was it. I, I've got like information over here on the other side. I think it's Mel. She's on mm-hmm. the the council. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who she was, and I'm there's parts of me that's making me think that she is. Oh, I just forgot the name because I've been liking I've been liking that character in the Earth mode that they have right now. Uh, uh, she's the one that Jace was uh, good friends with, or was that yeah, um, real good friends? Mit- <laughs> yes, <laughs> good friends. Air quotes. Yeah, the the one who's mani- basically the counselor who's manipulating him to kind of get what she wants out of Piltover. Yeah, yeah she needs to get time, in line. There's does... a lot of people manipulating Jace. Yeah, but it, yeah. yeah, Jace was pure but manipulative. And his voice actor, I was really surprised. They did a really good job with him. Zach, you're back as the host. Okay, cool. And you're, oh, muted. you're muted. Join us. Sorry about that. Zoom did no this problem. to me last time where it just unexpectedly quits. So anyway, um, I got the stream converted is, so we can just pick back up. 
Okay, cool. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking we... about Silco and how compelling. Um, yeah. Uh... Oh, his whole manipulation, how he loved Jinx being mm -hmm. perfect, but it wasn't really. Her return to powder would actually be like the the altruistic salvation moment out of it. But and... no, he's going to still manipulate her in order to do it for the good of Zon. Mm-hmm. And then, it, like, it it totally makes sense for her to just be this completely deranged person. Because, I, I mean, you're right. She lost four parental figures in her short life between mm -hmm. her two parents, Vander, and now Silco. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what more trauma do you need to be? She also lost her sister twice. Mm -hmm. Because well, talk about one, abandonment thought... issues. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> no joke. Like, now, yeah, they're just. My wife is a uh, has uh, studied psychology in college, and just you know, looking at her, she w was mesmerized by how well they portrayed just madness and how it not only just how it looks like, but how it feels mm -hmm. to truly have a. But to kind of be like have so much trauma in your past that you're you're just like getting it towards like you just don't care what happens around you anymore. It's not and it's not that she didn't care to begin with. She cared a lot, and then she just like to protect herself. She just had to go and she just went completely shields up. Like it's like I only care about a few people, and one of them is Silco. Because I've lost my sister. My sister doesn't care about me anymore. They, you know, they told me she's dead. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like she, you know, and she loves her little toys and her bombs, and she just has that thousand-yard stare as well to just kind of just like, you know, like I'm thinking complex thoughts, but not all of them are sane. Yeah. Well, and then that Silco turns out to be like the rock for her. Mm -hmm. that you know that's the her anchor point to mm -hmm. reality and even then that's a shifty a shifty anchor point to to get to but okay, even then she doesn't she ends up killing silco doesn't she in uh, in her madness and in the middle of all that manipulation that's happening well, the, it, so it's almost well, there's, so, there's, it's, it's but the he, i think forth. wasn't it was v, v i always say v i might be uh, there's caitlin vi and uh, are like trying to like uh go back and forth, Caitlin gets knocked out, and then Vi and Silco are going back and forth at it. Sorry, continue, Daniel. Right. And then I think it was Silco was ultimately threatening Vi, and then Jinx killed Silco to protect Vi, mm -hmm. in, in my understanding of all of that stuff. So it's just like, in in all of this stuff, it, it's, the it's the unfortunate series of events, because a lot of it is she's so lost in all of her pain and trauma that she doesn't actually get time to actually say well what actually happened what do i need to do it's right. and it's going back to like the very first episode where milo is sitting there you know doing all this stuff and and jinx sees something and sees vi take his side but doesn't stay to get the rest of the story yeah it doesn't stay to and get there's the full so, context so so there's a lot of trauma there's some of it that's self-inflicted in in part of that in trying to protect herself and run away from the problem that she doesn't get the whole picture and doesn't get a chance to get the whole picture 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it's almost the the tragedy of the misinformation, right? Because just yeah. like that scene from the first episode, if she had just stayed an extra 10 seconds, yep. she would realize that her sister was actually defending her, not attacking her. Yes. Um, you know, in, in that instance of the banquet, I mean, Vi is trying to help her, but because of the misunderstanding of what Caitlin was doing and what she represents, mm-hmm. she wasn't a betrayal of powder. You know, she mm-hmm. wasn't selling out to uh, the enforcers. If anything, she was she was trying to help the Undercity even more. I mean, especially, like, I loved Caitlyn's character arc of, of starting out as this naive, privileged right. elite mm-hmm. who then has to realize, I have b- had my head in the sand this entire time. If I want to enact real change, this is what I have to do. Um, you know, I, 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 and not to mention the very opening scene where uh, you know that Caitlyn has been captured and then... Jinx comes in with the like uh, entree plate, oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, I was, I, I was like, to visit, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, no. she just became Hannibal Lecter, nah. and, then, and then for her to be like, what? I'm not that crazy. Like, even though it ended up not being like Caitlyn's head, like just that moment of like, I realized how invested I was into the story that I realized for a second, but she could have. Like, that's when I knew, like, wow, this story is so good that, like, because sometimes you'll have that twist, but you're like, yeah, yeah, but they would never do that. Like, you know, this is kind of a a, a false dilemma, whereas until she pulled that up, yeah, Yeah. uh, quite literally, quite literally, anything could have been on the table. (laughs) Well, and the thing about this series that I think we haven't really addressed yet is the heroes bleed in this series. Mm. They are not invulnerable. There's no plot armor. There is no plot ar- armor. Vi, you know, like she lost a tooth. She, you know, like she bled. She almost died a couple of times. And it's not like you're just dealing with invulnerable, like uh, just, oh, they're such good fighters that nothing can possibly challenge them. The stakes feel real. Yeah. First, in, you know, some, like this show captured that what's going to happen if they're just not quite quick enough. And like they could mm-hmm. easily lose it all. I don't think it was quite Game of Thrones level where it's like no one is safe because at the same time, you know, like, <laughs> you know that these characters are this is, you know, very quickly. This is a prequel to whatever League of Legends is like, I don't even have to play the game to know that that's kind of where this was all headed. Mm-hmm. But to know that, oh, OK, so some of these characters are they've got plot armor on them because it's a prequel and I know they show up later. Yeah. But, but they also but created some characters for this show, did. and mm-hmm. and they they've seamlessly integrated themselves. Like they didn't feel out of mm-hmm. place or like oh this was obviously an add on. But I I think what it ultimately boils down to is that there was consequences. And so often yes. you'll get into these shows where they have so much plot armor that they can make the stupidest decision, but you know that they're going to make it to the next episode. Whereas in this one, mm-hmm. if if they made a bad call, they got burned. And in addition to that, good characters didn't always make good decisions. Like Jace, he decides to wield the hammer and go swing and do his ult down there in the Undercity, and he ends up killing a child. And and he has to deal with that for the rest of his life and, and, you know, even has that moment of, like, I can't do this anymore. Well, Um, I think that that was actually my favorite fight scene, that that sequence, was was Jace, Vi, and them going down into – the lanes and and having that fight and seeing that and then it's it's more of the jace having the realization of 
what the hell is going on down here? Like, mm -hmm. I'm up in my ivory tower trying to, you know, invent hex tech, you know, to, to save the world, you know, and we've got this going on down here in regards to these are the people that we're supposed to serve, to protect, mm -hmm. and to help out, you know, and now I've killed one of them. Yes. And mm -hmm. I've killed, and it's not just one of them, but it is a child, you know, and seeing where, what they're doing up there what those circumstances um and what those consequences are of impacting those other people right which then also goes into the the story arc of heimerdinger i love how he yes. in in that third arc um where he ends up leaving the council and says i'm out i can't do this anymore well, well they vote him out but, like he didn't yeah. just leave they well, voted him out didn't which by the way thought. worst job True. in the entire series is just to sit there and have to open up the light panel for when they vote <laughs> <laughs> he raised his hand <laughs> like unless that's automated so, okay so i i had forgotten that part about him getting voted out but him getting kicked out and then going down to see what the the magic of what they are doing yeah you know with, and, with some of those people down there i feel like Heimendiggers. Uh, character flaw is he is of an ancient race because he's already said it. he's lived for what 200 years 300 yeah 300 mm -hmm. and so he is like insulated by like oh there's always time to you know get things right and so he never sees things from a human time scale and well, James then, even and, calls him out on that he's like listen yes. we don't have hundreds of years for things to get right but, we have to act now. Yes, but then he goes with Echo down to uh, uh, the f uh, territory of the fireflies. Fireflies, yep. And then he sees, how did you do all of this so quickly? And I'm just like, okay, I'm interested to see how his character grows and develops because we haven't seen a whole lot of his character growth. We've just seen him established and it's like, oh, this is how I am and I'm you know, like, this is what we're going to do. I'm really interested to see what they do with him. But he he also he also has in with Heimerdinger has those past moments and those flashbacks of seeing what the arcane and magical right. um, mm -hmm. abilities have done, which scares him. Yep. Yes. Which is which is one of those things of I like I almost kind of would liken him to like a Yoda in in mm -hmm. arcane in yep. in that where he's he's seen what the bad parts of that stuff can do and if it's not done right it's like it's just like no that's bad we shouldn't even touch it you know right. we, do, we don't do that anymore right well what's interesting is he he really did play the role of the sage zach, come back zach yep. did we no. lose him again he's gone mr Roboto. darn it i dropped nice. the he Still double gone. hockey sticks he's gonna have to like bleep that out <laughs> I don't think we have like actively censored a an, a cuss word. We censored a pun, but <laughs> um, I don't. Think oh yeah, we're we're low on puns this episode. I gotta start working on no. that. No, oh crap! Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even counting them. <laughs> we just have to wait for Zach to respawn. Yes. So yeah. who is the character that Vander technically becomes? Warwick. Warwick. Is so at the end when he he's it is his transformation yeah it's understood that he is in singed um in his lab and that's the that's the old that's the guy that victor was going down to the to the uh to, down to the lanes to go see right all right so before we move on in the discussion anything else that you just your your fanboyness is just busting at the seams that you have to talk about 
as an animation major. <laughs> oh boy, let's sit. Oh, everyone else, just lean your chairs back. No, 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 no. I'm leaning in for this one. <laughs> this was everything that is good about animation in one show. Bar none. Uh, uh, it was absolutely incredible. Their their mastery of movement, um, from everything from big things to um, principles in animation, uh, silhouetting, flow of action, um, uh, follow through. Uh, it's it's all so there. Their their attention to the little things and this blew me away. Now you're most people wouldn't think about what I'm about to say and be like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. But there's a very close up shot in this of jace writing something on a piece of paper and he has a calligraphy pen that's out mm. when that pen touches the paper it bends ever so slightly because it's a thin piece of metal and so as he's writing I... that tip on the pen is dancing up and down and that blew me away because someone that. noticed that oh, and that level Lord. of detail is all throughout this when it comes to the animation that's in this and that just mm. makes me so so excited when i see it they spent the time they had the money they had the love for this and it's incredible what i also loved about this so much is that um i would start with a little bit of precursor run into this real quick but um there was a short film that came uh with wreck it ralph way back in the day i don't know if you guys remember paper, paper man, man. yeah Paper Man. Oh, yeah. Paper and Man, that yes. kind of started and opened the doors up for the fusion between 2D and 3D animation. If you've not seen it, it's fantastic. Really cute, really charming. It's really good. I, it's, it's I usually beautiful. watch it every six months or so. I, I, just, I, just, I love it's, it. It's so fantastic. Anyway, since then, there have been other things that other properties that have attempted that style to varying degrees of success. Um, this is the first one that I have seen that has merged 2D and 3D in such a way to where it felt real. Um, there's 2D elements that are scribbled on to each of the characters, almost kind of like Clone Wars-y, you know, Rebels, but more perfected. But yeah, what so I don't like Kevin here, you say that. No, no, I, I realize that. Show. <laughs> but more perfected, that they, they masterful how they did it. But there's a lot of stuff in this show, a lot of effects, a lot of particles, a lot of the the uh, um a lot of the effects side of things that are all 2d hand animated and where a lot of times that things can get really stuffy and feel not quite as fluid and 3d still hasn't caught up with some things that just 2d there's a special magic to and they knew that mm -hmm. and so with a lot of this effects work it's just so vivid and filled with energy and chaoticness that is just that only comes with 2d hand animation and they absolutely nailed it. And the well, fusion that, of the two of them works so well in this show. That's what I loved about a lot of the fight sequences and, and why I still think the, the end of episode seven, the boy savior, the fight between Echo yeah. and Jinx, is that I felt like I was watching a comic book come to life. Yeah. Like, but yet in a 3D space. Because I mm. think the last animation that I saw with this style that really impressed me was Klaus or Klaus. Yes. Yes, and yes, and I feel like yes. it, it took this style really, really well. And, mm -hmm. and I remember I noticed there was a moment where, you know, obviously the characters are 3D. And I think someone was like, you know, swishing a hammer. And then the like smoke came off of it. But the smoke yep. was very clearly 2D. Yep. And I was like, huh, wow, they really did combine. Explosions. Um, it, um, I noticed uh, steam coming out of a teacup that was 2D animated. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff, which is very easily you can do with particulate animation inside of a 3D program, they opted to, in their style, to do a lot of that effects in 2D. And it's so utterly brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, even as a non-animation major, those little details were not lost on me from from even character moments. Yeah. Like one thing that, and, and I think it's in maybe the end of the first episode when Vi is talking to Powder, she takes her up on the roof and yep. is trying to talk to her about like, hey, we have memories here and here and here. And something that struck me is, all right, they're obviously below poverty level. Like they mm-hmm. are scraping for every single thing. And Powder has this little light on in her bed. And it's just like this little dinky little light that she's using to illuminate her little figures. And Vi's like, come on, we got to go. And Powder first quickly runs out of her bed to leave the room. And then in a moment of like, oh, she goes back to turn off the light. Mm. And that transitions out of the scene. I and, missed that. And just, this, and just the psychology of like, no, if you have nothing, you can't even afford to leave one light That's bulb good. on. And so it's that, I mean, and I, it was lost on me, the level of like, uh, particle physics of like a pin tip bending, but just that level of detail is so evident in every frame of this, that all six years of making this took love. And just, and, and, and that's the thing. My final comments on just this is that there was so much love that was shown not only to the league of legends franchise, but just animation in general. There's so much love when it comes to these characters, this story, this world, and you could just feel the passion and vibrance come from the love of these filmmakers into the show that I haven't seen something like that in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, a, it's incredible for this show. The decisions that they made worked. Does this mean that every show that I want to see is something that, you know, it's in the style of arcane? no, for the story that was told, they made the right decisions. Yep. I would and, agree. And something interesting about the way they did story structure as well that also tied into its release, and again, this was all how they did behind-the-scenes stuff, is they actually wrote the story in three-piece arcs. Yeah. So they actually released it, episodes one through three, first. Mm. And then they released it. Uh, then after that, it was episodic. But right. they said that every three episodes tells a complete arc. And I, I so noticed that's why, that. That's why it's nine episodes. Is it's, it's perfect. Three sets of three. And so you can even tell that like they told the story in the amount that the story needed to be told. It wasn't like they, you know, like Game of Thrones where they just kind of rushed to be like, all right, well, you only got six episodes. Scene. Like they're like, no, we need nine episodes. No, we don't or need Book of Boba, Or Book of Boba Fett. You get seven episodes and only need two of them. <laughs> right uh like maybe they, three they yeah. they had a solid structure and the amount of episodes in which they told their story matched that i i literally could talk about this story uh this this show all night i i don't hand out tens easily to something i can sit here and just like hey, you know there's this one thing everything in this show works and i i can't remember the last time that i've had that happen yeah, and maybe it was because I, I came to the show immediately after watching Book of Boba Fett, so I had a very blatant yeah. example of what not to do. Uh, but yes, like this was probably the easiest 10 I've given out in a while. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so normally in a show like this, we would then go on to, uh, so what would you change? 
But uh, it's a very I, short I, section. I think this will be a very short section of the section of the episode. So instead, I will ask this question. So why did this video game adaptation work so well where others have failed? What what is the secret sauce to Arcane that things like Assassin's Creed and World of Warcraft? What did what did this do that those other attempts did not? And uh, I know this is more philosophical, and we've been we've been kind of popcorning around this. We've been dancing around it the whole episode. Things like, well, they didn't just sprint to make them do the thing. Or they they took their time, or they they yep. really leaned into the artistry. Like, all right, if we're gonna do this as an animation, let's make sure the animation is done well. But what what other things are included in the secret sauce? That is the I, the characters for one. Yeah. Yes. Um, the depth and the richness to them, because it's very easy. You could have made Silco very one sided. You could have made Vi. You could have made Jinx very one sided, and they didn't they took the time and you dove into the psyches of each one of these people not only the people but the world too mm-hmm. as you're the exploring more about these characters you're learning more and more about the world and they did that so seamlessly and effortlessly didn't feel forced um there's no there there didn't seem to be a whole lot of exposition crazy dumps no that were there was, hardly was there exposition Barely. i don't know no, I mean, most of the time you just had to figure it out, but their world structure was pretty easy. Like, like I said, from the opening scene, you understood you know, that there's quickly. top side, bottom side. Like you've got two classes here. There's that. <laughs> and there is a restraint that they use too. like you said, you mentioned that they don't do the thing right off the top that they, you can see kind of towards where they're building but at the same time, they took their time to get to it, and it took an appropriate amount of time to do it without doing fan service. This show didn't feel like fan service mm. to someone who has not watched League of Legends, who not played League of Legends. I've never played a game of League of Legends ever, in, and I was able to see the characters and be like, oh, th- I, it's like this is interesting because they feel like real characters characters it's not like someone took the time to layer on why they're there what they're doing what they care about you know from that first you know sequence when you see uh vi and powder going across the bridge to them you know uh trying to steal uh, uh steal uh, just from a penthouse apartment it's like you just you build up on these characters and then that time jump oh, yeah. so many stories lose me at the time jump yeah and did you notice they did not say how much time has passed, but it Nine doesn't matter. years later or something. It's just, <laughs> like, they like, treated it, the, they treated the audience as intelligent. Like mm-hmm. I can, it's like, okay, I'm guessing somewhere around 10 years have passed, but it doesn't matter. All we know, need to know is that there has been, you know, enough time that a hex gate has been made, that um, powder has grown up into jinx. Her hair has gr- grown and she has gotten more unhinged. And then, you know, when you finally meet up with Vi, it's like, oh, she's spent years in prison. And uh, and so just it's an amazing just thing about how everything was was just laced together. Um, I, so, yeah, uh, my wife's over here saying that it was five years was a time skip. Okay. 
cool. Yeah, like like, it doesn't necessarily matter that you know the text that's on the screen on it. I, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough that they so threaded the needle between fan service and getting new fans into the series. I don't know how they did it. I want to just like sit there at their feet for two weeks and figure out where their brain space is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And hopefully some of that magic rubs off on me because the, again, the decisions that they made for this story were all so spot on. And I, to, if I was to boil down why this series worked where so many others didn't, I would boil it down to, they assumed a smart audience. Mm -hmm. They stay true to the source material and they took the time they needed to both make the animation, the voice acting, yep. and the music. All the different elements were given enough time to be fleshed out and to be interwoven to make a cohesive story. And, and that's why I'm okay with if it takes six years to make season two, take six years to make season two. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, well, it, if, if it means that it's going to be as amazing as season one, then please. But man... That means I have to sit on that cliffhanger of an ending for six more years. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so. But but I, I think one other element is that uh, I kind of mentioned this on my episode with Trip, actually. And I think we will see this renaissance in video game adaptations is you could tell that there was a love of the source material. And I would venture to say that's because people at Fortiche and the people at Riot who were helping uh, coach and guide this played the game. Like they actually played the game. Like they weren't ivory tower. Oh, I've heard of this. The kids are into it. Like they probably spent hours playing as those characters. And so that's why they wanted to get it right. Somebody correct me, but in the little bit of research that I did into it, because I just, I had to figure out who the heck this animation studio was. And doing some research, they've been doing a lot of the cinematics for oh, yeah. promotional work for League of Legends. Well, that, yeah. that's that how they got tapped sense. by Riot Games is they were doing the cinematics, which game cinematics have come a long way too. Um, I mean, I I'm not a huge fan of the the Star Wars like the, the Old Republic, Republic yep. but their but those, cinematic game is those oh, cinematics, man. <laughs> That's what Gosh. sold me on the game. I saw that and I was just like. This is fantastic. I got into the game and I like MMOs, so I enjoyed the game. But I'm like, this doesn't look like the cinematics. No, because it's not, it's not that first trailer that we all saw where it's like <laughs> all the Jedi and all the Sith at the Jedi right. Temple. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not that. And yeah, I, I honestly, I'm I'm still digesting this show and trying mm-hmm. to figure out why did this work so well. And it's been you know a few weeks since I finished it up, and I, the fact that it still occupies my brain mm-hmm. space. And that something. is the hallmark of a great story is when you have to continue to think about it to just reconcile it in your brain and be like, so why did that character do that? Why mm. didn't they do this? Where are they going to be? Like, that's and a good it story. still yeah. holds well, up. Also, like, if I may say, you know, one another thing that I've noticed was there was never a decision made by any of the characters that didn't make sense for that character. I know. There's, there's too many, you know, like just movies or things where it's like something happens where like why did you make that decision based on the information you had that made no sense well but and then, it's in yeah. in those moments it's clear that the storytellers are just trying to advance the plot they're yeah. not trying to advance the character and we're at, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. so but 
this one is like even when you know, like Jinx let loose her monkey bomb in episode three because she wanted to save her family. She thought they were still in danger. So uh, uh, Jace went down to uh, take him to the streets with his hammer because he thought that there was a so in like they thought that he was going to make a difference by actually going down there and taking charge himself and like really ma making that uh, happen. It was it right or wrong. I'm not sure. It could go either way, but it's but it made sense for his character to do that. Yeah. Well, a, a, but even down to minor characters, like a a decision that really impressed me was, a, and I'm forgetting his name, but it's the addict guy that initially helps Caitlin yep. get the potion, and then ultimately you realize that just to get another hit. Mm -hmm. He betrayed yeah. their location to Silco. And Perfect. at first you're like, wait, you were just helping her. But then you realize, no, what he's an does addict. a, uh, he's an addict. Like, so he is going to do whatever he needs to, regardless of how altruistic he was in the last scene to get that hit. And like, it, so it, in that moment you felt that betrayal, but it's also like, but it makes sense why you betrayed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys, I could talk about this show all night, all night, all night. Yep. Uh, no, I, I've got so much more that I want to say on this and I will probably, I, I probably won't do it for the after show. Cause I probably just need like a change of topic or something, but <laughs> by golly, man, uh, if you my, have my... not, if you have stuck with us this far and have still not seen the show, this, this carries my highest recommendation. Yeah. I mean, I, three enthusiastic thumbs up. Like I will grow a third <laughs> arm just to give this another thumbs up. Like that is how incredible it is. The, the cherry on the cherry on top of this thing, the way that I look at it, is that Riot, as as a games publishing company developer, they are becoming what Blizzard could have been. Mm. So if you think about where Blizzard came from, we're talking Warcraft, Warcraft yeah. Two, Starcraft, all the stuff, and because they had the cinematics right. for the day, oh yeah, everything coming into that. You know, th there comes a point in time, Bobby Kotick, where they have a shift <laughs> and it, it stops becoming about the art and the love of the game, you know, and it starts an a and ends with a division. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So so and, and then and then things just shift. And I love to see what Riot's doing. And I just I'm just hoping and praying that they will continue down that path doing the things like this, where they're able to build these IPs and then do it in a way that's like, we're going to take the time to get it right. And mm. I am so happy that you brought up blizzard because I really feel that the only other video game property that's going to work like arcane has right now, I'd say the premier one at the moment that I could think of is overwatch. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. Um, those cinematics are to me are better than the game. The game's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Hands down. The cinematics are <laughs> phenomenal. Yep. Um, I, and and, and, and just begging yeah. for like, why, why haven't you guys done a full fledged animated property on this yet? I don't understand why. I mean, it's a shut up and take my money moment where it's yeah. like, like if you make a overwatch game with the same care and development that you've done for your cinematics, uh, t you, I will throw money your way to go see that because that is a, like it's phenomenal. So good. So mm -hmm. I, it blizzard, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm going to chime in with the other probably millions of fans who are crying out for an overwatch something, because I think it has the potential to be something like an arcane. And it mm -hmm. sounds like it's an oversight. Yeah. <laughs> you are leaving money on the table. 
Well, hopefully, hopefully Phil Spencer is watching, hopefully. so so that Xbox can you know capitalize. Come on, Microsoft, make that money back. <laughs> well, the only other remaining question that we will actually save for the after show because we need to wrap things up for this one is what do we want to see in season two? <sighs> so hold that thought. We will answer it in the after show, <laughs> guys. This has been fun talking arcane. This was episode 80. 80. Uh, eight zero. Uh, uh, We've come a long way. Not six <laughs> years a long way. Sometimes it feels like that. But uh, Daniel, Spencer, thanks for uh, answering the bat signal and joining us tonight. Again, pulling Andrew out of... He says he's retired, but I don't know. This is the second time he's come back. No, no, no. So. no this, is, this is like it, okay? <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> it really uh-huh. is busy over here. I promise Until the third to, time. I promise Until there's a wife, Mass I'm Effect like, movie. This is not... Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and then Andrew will be right back on. But hey, if He's you want to speak join, into existence, if you want to join in on the fun, join our patron program. We have a lot of fun yucking it up, having conversations like this. And uh, uh, shout out to Rob Foster, our other true believer who wasn't able to be on tonight, but he left plenty of thoughts that I will share in the after show. Uh, missed having you along, our, our friend. Uh, but hey, you can join as well. Join the patron pro- program. It's lots of fun. Um, guys, it's been fun. I'll see you in the after show. And to everyone else, catch you later, Daggum Nerds. See ya. Bye. <laughs>